1: For inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Bifliss, and this is Up in the Rafters, where I'm joined by Carolina basketball legend and 2017 national champion, Justin Jackson. Today, also joining us is his former teammate, Penny Williams, who is playing for AEK Athens in the Greek Basket League. Danny, appreciate you hopping on here with us. How are how's everything going with that new situation
2: for you? I appreciate y'all having me, man. Finally, um, <laughs> it's great though. I love Greece. Athens is great. Um, I've got to, you know, being over here is a. There's a big adjustment period that you have to go through. I'm kind of getting over that, and with games starting up now, it kind of it's kind of a little bit easier. I got my routine going, so I can't complain, man.
1: Justin, you heard how he said, "Finally, like, like we have a guest on every week or something." <laughs>
0: this is know, this bro. is only
1: like the third guest I think we've had.
0: But you know him though; he's got to he's got to try to deflect and make it seem like we're the problem here. <laughs> you know, Kenny. you know how Kenny is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay.
1: Kenny, after graduating and playing in the G League for a bit, you've been in Israel uh roads in Greece and now Athens how do those cities kind of compare and if a fan was trying to travel out to one of those cities which one would
2: you recommend um that's tough man because so Israel I was only in Israel for three weeks because I had I got hurt my first game so I went back to the states to have surgery so it's really between roads and Athens um and it's kind of it's kind of the same honestly Rhodes is an island so you got a bunch of beaches but you can go to a beach here in Athens too so it's, i guess uh i guess i would say Athens um because yeah i kind of like you know the historical aspect i'm i'm planning on seeing uh you know the parthenon the i actually live across from i can see from my balcony the olympic stadium that they used in what was it 2004 um so that's pretty cool. I, I, so the for the historical aspect, I would say Athens.
0: And I think, yeah, oh, go ahead, Justin.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say kind of more
0: on the basketball line of things. We talked about it a little bit, bro, but um, you know, you, you watch some of these you watch some of these international players now and you see obviously the biggest name is like Victor. I don't know how to say his last name, but one bigness Victor, Victor the GOAT. I'll just say Victor the Goat. <laughs> But like you see guys like Kim, you see guys like Luca, like all those, all these guys basically taking over the league. What have you seen internationally kind of that's different from how they do basketball in the States? Especially like whether it's developmental, um, the younger guys, whatever it is, like what do you think is kind of the difference that's kind of seems to be taking over
2: um kind of basketball over here in the States now? Um I think a lot of it, man, is they they focus a lot more on the fundamentals. You know, they have their little academies where, you know, they're they'll, you know, they're growing up on on a team and you know they're they're teaching them they're actually teaching them the game. Um, you know, as opposed to, you know, you kind of get AAU in the states now where everybody just wants to get in front of a camera and do what they can do in front of a camera. I think that's the big difference um you know and it's 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 a totally different game to be honest uh you know you don't have a bunch of guys you know averaging 30 points so uh you know you hear everybody say it is tougher to score over here because you know one there's less space you know there's not a 3 seconds um so you have to you have to rely on your fundamentals a lot more than you know, athleticism or things like that you have. And you got to be able to, you know, be able to read and make a play. So I think that it's, that's the big difference is, you know, growing up, they kind of, you know, put emphasis on those kinds of things.
1: That's something that that Marcus has kind of mentioned before, where it's like, if you score 15 in Europe, that might as well be like a 30 ball. What yeah. as As somebody like you, who is, you know, such a great shooter, what was the biggest adjustment for you, going overseas
2: and play? Um I would say, I would say physicality. Uh, you know, you're you're allowed to be a lot more physical. And sometimes they don't the whistle isn't as great for Americans over here. You know, that's just calling a spade a spade. So um you gotta get used to it. Uh and again, like there's there's not as much space. So you know I'm coming off a screen. I might not have as much time to operate or as much room to operate as, you know, as I want to, and I've got to, you got to figure it out. Again, it comes down to, you know, making your reads and reading the floor, reading the game and reading the flow of what's going on. So, um, you know, they they just allow you to be a little bit more physical over here, um, you know, so it's not, you don't have as much freedom of movement to get to your spots and get to where you want to be coming off the screen.
1: That's the biggest challenge, like on the court, what about the obstacles that come playing overseas and, you know, being away from your family and being away from your friends? Because I don't think that's something that really a lot of people take in mind when they're like, oh, you guys are just going off and, and continuing your careers playing professionally.
2: Um, <laughs> I mean, that that that's probably the biggest challenge. I mean, I'm not married. I don't have a family of my own. So I'm really basically over here by myself. Um, and you kind of have to find your outlets. You know, you you're 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 at home in America. You got your friends. Uh, you've got your family there. You've got your uh, every, the things that are familiar. When you come over here, like I said, there's an adjustment period. You have to figure those things out. And you know, you gotta. It, it's in some cases it can be easy, but in others it it, it could be a little tough. Um, you know, my kind of, you know, my the first thing that I go to is you know, my faith and I'm, I'm trying to get into that as, as much as I can, uh, you know, just to keep me grounded. But, you know, I also have the video games with you guys and, um, you know, you get your phone calls in when you can, but uh, the biggest thing for me is just staying on the routine. Man. It's, it's uh, that kind of keeps things simple and uh, makes it a little bit easier day to day. So, you know, I kind of do the same things every day, whether, you know, from waking up at a certain time to practicing. And then when I come home, having the same routine after practice. Uh, but there's a lot. <laughs> there's so much that, you know, you could talk about in terms of, you know, challenges being over here. You you got being alone. It's a unfamiliar area. The team might not be paying on time, you know, things like that. So, um, you know, I you could – you talk to anybody they could go on all day about the challenges of
0: being over here.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's always
0: funny, um, uh, like kind of going through free agency and stuff and like even thinking about going overseas and talking to like people who aren't in this world, I guess I would say. Um And when you talk to them about going, like we'll just say for instance, like going over to Greece to play, you know, to play basketball. They're like, bro, I would, Like, I would love to go to Greece. Like I've always wanted to go to Greece. And it's like, yeah, you wanted to go to Greece for a vacation, not for mm. to live there for nine months, you know. <laughs> right. uh, but no, I think I think man, like for one, we've talked about it before, but I just want to compliment you on like how you've handled, um, kind of each transition, you know, like Bib said, going going from college, going to the G League, grinding that out, and then finally making that move overseas, and now being over there by yourself. I know we we play a ton of video games, and we're able to. You know kind of chop it up a little bit, but just being over there, I just want to commend you, bro, on on trying to do that. I guess one thing like just kind of, and this is just kind of like it might be off topic, but you know, for us in the States, obviously like you said, all the common things that we know, you know, whether it's Wi-Fi, whether it's fast food or whatever it is, like give me some things that is just different that some of us might not know, you know, like that we might not think about that would be different if we had to be over there.
2: Ooh. um, I'll, I will say. So, so I haven't really experienced anything that's super like that's like eye opening, mind blowing. You know, you got you got little things like, you know, the food is is so much different. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of the, you know, additives or whatever in the food. You don't have a bunch of fast food. Like you here, so their fast what they consider fast food might be different than us. But like we have, I know we have a McDonald's, we have a KFC, a Domino's, but that's about it when it comes to like American spots. Um, so yeah, those those things. Um, to be honest, brother, like, so I don't I don't really I don't really stray away from my routine a whole lot. So like, <laughs> the the major difference is like. You just gotta you just gotta acclimate yourself to, you know, a new surrounding. Like, you know, when it comes to driving, you gotta be a little bit more aggressive when you're driving. Like if you're not aggressive, you you're gonna get, you know, people gonna get mad at you, you're gonna get stuck. Um shoot, brother, my my, my car just got broken into <laughs> last <laughs> week. <laughs> like, so like, and I don't like, I don't every place has those places um you know you gotta you gotta be careful everywhere you go obviously but like you know I never I never would have expected that um uh, you know especially playing in in Rose last year you don't have to worry about things like that so it's just that everywhere you go and it's, it's it's an adjustment um but it's I mean it's 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 nice man like like I said, the 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 big thing for me is the more historical aspect. Like I went out to eat one night, and I could see like at the at the top of the mountain, the Parthenon. It was all lit up and whatnot. So um, there's there hasn't been anything that's super eye opening to me at least at least yet. So we'll see. It, it that's to be determined. I got nine more months over here, brother. So I'm sure <laughs> something'll come up. Plenty of time. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty of time.
1: Getting into some of the uh, Carolina questions, as a former player and somebody who does come back often, what would you say your relationship with Coach Davis is like?
2: Uh, I kind of, you know, I kind of, in a a nutshell, man, he's like, he was like my second dad uh, while I was in school. And it's a relationship that we continue to this day. Obviously, he's a lot more busy. So, you know, the calls might be, might not be as frequent, the text might not be as frequent. But um, you know, if I reach out to him, whether it's that day or a couple of days later, he's still, he's always gonna uh respond in some way. And that's that's the thing that, you know, I love about Coach Davis is, you know, his, he's genuine. He's so genuine to the point where it can come off as disingenuous. Like it could come off as fake, but that's just who he is. Like if you don't know who he is, you would think that, you know, it's all a facade, but then you know you spend more time around him and you realize like that's just who he is. He's just a genuine guy. He wants everybody to succeed. He's happy for everybody. Um you know so our our relationship man is it's continuing to grow. Uh you know every summer that I go back he's one of the people that I'm always I always make sure I go see. Um, you know, he's always the same guy, you know, when we, whenever I talk to him, if you need anything, uh, you know, he's always extending invites in, into his house for dinners or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm that, that relationship remains close. Uh, you know, and it's, that's, that's, that's just it in a nutshell. And he's like, he was like my second dad, uh, my Chapel Hill dad, as I'll say, he'll, he'll say the same thing. He even, he jokes about putting me in his will sometimes. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a great relationship and I love that guy. Hey, that's not a bad will to be in, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I I think and just
0: kind of piggybacking on that too. Like I think whenever they were trying to figure out who they were going to hire for kind of this to be the head man there at UNC when coach Williams decided to retire, um, I know I was on a few calls and they were, you know, trying to figure out, okay, do we go outside of, you know, who we have here already and hire? Do you think coach Davis and even when they decided to hire, everybody was kind of like, well, like, I don't know if coach Davis can do it, but I think coach HD's biggest, I'll say his biggest talent as a coach is his ability to connect with the players right and to make them feel like he cares about them and I think just me personally when it comes to coaching I feel like that's like the number one priority is getting the players to feel like okay this coach really cares for me now I can go out there and really you know give everything I have um so yeah I love seeing coach Davis now at the you know at the helm obviously he had a ton of success last year against the championship game but just to kind of see how he handles the players and handles you know all of us whenever we come back I mean it's you know, I feel like it's only right that he has the success that he's had. Yeah, and if, it's
1: crazy to think about it, like, when you take a step back, like, North Carolina, that basketball job is probably top two job in, in the country, and not only is it a top two job in the country, but you're also following somebody like Roy Williams, who had all that success and was a, a top five coach in, in college basketball history, most likely, Um, and to see what coach davis did in the first year it's definitely encouraging and kind of going off that what did you guys like the most that coach davis did last year turning a team that at points in the conference play looked completely lost and and turning them into a, a national title contender
2: uh i'll say i'll say for me and you can um you, know, you can tell by his interviews and things like that. But like I said, he just remains himself. Uh, you know, like you said, it's, a, it's Carolina, you know, top two job comes with a lot of scrutiny and, you know, he's not all, he's not all over social media and I'm sure he's not reading anything about it, but you know, he knows it's like, he knows people are talking and um, you know, despite all of that, you know, despite, you know, their questions whether they were going to be in the tournament or not, he just – I'm sure every single day he went in there and he put a confidence and a belief in the players um, that they could be that they could be great, that they could be a great team and do great things. And, you know, you saw the fruits of that in March when, you know, they played probably freer than anybody when it comes to, you know, confidence as a team. And you can only – not only, but you can – I'm sure, and I wasn't there, so I wouldn't know. But but knowing Coach Davis, I'm sure a big part of that was, you know, from day one, instilling confidence in into his players. You know, everybody has their methods, and you see fans all the time. Or last year when you know he would say he would make a statement about a player, and they're like, "Where is this coming from?" But you know, everybody has their their methods, and that's just his method of instilling confidence in his players. And you can see that eventually it works out. It might not work out as quickly as we wanted to, but nobody's mad about last year at all. So, um, you know, that's just who he is. That's who he's always been. It's about, you know, giving his players the confidence they need to go out and be as free on the court and play as free as they can. And I think that was the amazing thing that I knew he was going to do. Um, and it's, it's just, it was great to see it come to fruition um, in year one for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, you they, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I think like consistency is one of the biggest things, you know, when it comes to when it comes to instilling confidence in a player. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of coaches like from day one, they might start off, you know, you can be this, you can do this for us, you can do this. And then the first sign of trouble or like the first few bad games, it's like, okay, what we gotta go, go a different route. Like we gotta figure something else out. And the type of person HD is, is like, no, we're going to stay consistent with what we have here. Like, I believe in these guys. I believe that, you know, these guys can get us to a championship. And, yeah, you might change, you know, maybe some schemes defensively or maybe you run a few different plays. But as far as the players that you play and the players that you're instilling that confidence in, you never change that. And even at times, like, I know we used to joke. They looked bad at the start of last season, bro. Like they did. They just like it, whether it was they were trying to, you know, get to know each other a little bit more, they were trying to gel into a new system, whatever it is, you know, they just didn't look like they were, you know, a cohesive unit. But thinking about Coach Davis and Stilling, even after, you know, the game against what was it, Georgia Tech that they lost, um, or whoever they had a they had a few bad games at the beginning where they lost versus one um, Wake Forest. You know, even after that game, to think think about H.D., he didn't go into that locker room freaking out and, okay, what the heck are we doing? We got to figure this out, whatever. It was like, all right, guys, like, you know, practice tomorrow. Let's let's get back. Let's get better. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how H.D. handles things. And so when players see that, they're like, okay, like, we can get this done, right? Like, we've got somebody that's that's still rocking with us, still here with us. So, you know, I think that's a big key is just the consistency that H.D., you know, for one lives with, but two coaches with, when it comes to, you know, filling these guys up with, with confidence and encouraging them. Yeah. If you would have showed me that Wake
1: Forest game, and I think it was the Miami game, maybe back to back. And then told me after that night that that team would go on to beat Duke in the final four and be up 15 points in the national championship game. I would have, I would have checked you into a, a, a hospital <laughs> or something, an insane asylum. Um, so I think that just kind of speaks to the, the credit that that coaching staff and those players deserve. And, Kenny, you were in these players' shoes not too long ago. What was your experience like losing in a national championship and coming back with that redemption mindset?
2: Oh, man. Um, I think – It's so funny, man, because I mean, I didn't play a lot of minutes my freshman year, but you could see, like, once we got back from Houston, there were no words that need to be said. Um, We knew what the goal was. We knew what the mission was, you know, from top guy that was coming back to you know the guys that were coming in uh it's so funny like we lost and you know everybody I think we got back on a Tuesday everybody did their you know end of year checks make sure you know see how healthy you are all of that stuff I actually had surgery um the week we got back but that same week you know, I'm going in for my to, to start my rehab the day after surgery and you had guys in there lifting, you know, already. Like two days, three days after, you know, we had just lost the way that we lost. Guys were already back to work because there was a mission. And you know, you talk to you talk to guys like B Rob, who I've talked to B Rob about this all the time. He's like, you know, we 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 knew once we got there we couldn't play around because We were all so singularly focused on getting back to the national championship and winning that nobody wanted to mess around. Like, and you know, like, you guys saw the videos, all the the things that the media put out. We weren't, it wasn't like we weren't having, enjoying what we were doing. It was just, we knew, like, as soon as we got back to campus that, our mission was to go and go back to the national championship. And, you know, it's kind of still incredible um, to think about it. Like Justin, and guys give me a hard time, give me a little hard Like first two years, two national championships and you won one. It's crazy. But like to go back and think about it and like to actually put it into perspective that, you know, we were able to do that and go back and actually finish the job that time. It's, it's kind of crazy to me still. Uh, but, you know, you can see again, like Justin said, it's all about consistency. You know, from that week, it was like, everybody was just so focused on getting back. And we never really, we never really talked about like, once the season started, we never really talked about redemption or anything like that. We had the group chat named that, but, we never really you know had a meeting about it or talked about it extensively. It was like it was just to understand we had that understanding that you know we were there for one thing and one thing only and um, you know it had it had its ups and downs, but you know that remained the goal and and we went out and did what we had to do so um, you know you could you could just tell from from the time we got back to campus that you know we we, we didn't want to be denied another shot at that if we got it. So, uh, yeah, man, it's it's that's all I have to say. Really, it was it was it was an understanding as soon as we got back that that was the goal. Justin, when does that hurt
1: of losing in the national championship go away, or does it not go away? And that's something that's sitting with you until the next year in that Gonzaga game.
0: I think I think the hurt, it goes away. The hurt itself goes away, at least for me, it went away once I started working back out. Um now the thought of losing in the championship and like remembering all of that confetti falling on us immediately. Like I will never forget that ever. Um, but I think it's also it's just motivation. You know, like Kenny said, like it was, you know, I think I I went kind of through the draft process for like, I want to say it was like a week or so. Um, and I know a few other guys kind of did the same thing to get some feedback, um, which we had to basically go right back to working out anyways. But then once everybody like pulled their name out of the draft, um, it just kind of goes back to that consistency, right? Like obviously – you know, different guys came in at different times, but everybody was focused on, OK, we want to make it back there. and We want to win it this time. And I think, you know, there were so many times, you know, we've talked about it a ton. But, you know, when we would go, we would lift in the morning, have, you know, have classes, play pickup in the, in the summer um, and then even go back at night and shoot. You know, there were so many nights, I'd say, whenever it comes to shooting, going back and when it was like, man, I just you know what? I think I just kind of want to stay back right but it was like having a group of guys whether it was luke kenny you know whoever else it was that was like no like let's go get these shots up like let's go do this and we can go chill afterwards go get something to eat whatever having a collective unit wanting the same goal it makes it even easier to get back to that grind um so you know i thought it was i thought thinking back on it now um you know, I think it was an amazing journey um, of a group of guys that were just selfless and wanted, you know, the same goal in mind at all times.
1: And Kenny, you you spent time playing with and watching this team over the summer. What were your impressions getting to see them up close?
2: Um, it, <laughs> it was almost, you know, it's almost like the 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 same thing, I mean. You have, you know, you have your main guys, who, you know, they're they're they they've proven themselves. You the RJ, your Caleb, your Armando's, they're in there working. But then you have the guys who want more time, who, you know, want to prove themselves. They're in there working just as much. Um, So I'm interested to see how it all works out. Um, You know, of course. You, you want it to be like you want it to be ideal and for everybody to get all the time they want, but it just it just won't happen, uh, especially with the guys that you have coming back. So I'm interested to see who's going to step up and be, you know, the, I guess, X factor of role players that they need to maybe get them over the hump. Uh, you know, whether it's Puff, the DeMarco, one of the freshmen, you know, we don't know who it's going to be. We won't know until probably, you know, November, December when they start playing games. But, uh, you know, you, you got a good feel because, you know, their experienced now, they've been through the ringer, uh, you know, they've had those games, they have, they've had almost every kind of game that you can have. And that's, that's, it's, it's, that's one of the things that, you know, you can't overlook is, you know, experiencing every situation that you can experience, whether it be, you know, having to fight back or being up big and letting the team come back, you know, you experience those things, you know what to do. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that'll play a big part in it too is, you know, they're battle tested. So we'll get to see the growth from last year, Um, say that team from November, December last year that we didn't, that didn't look good all the time and see how they put it together now moving forward with some expectations on them.
1: Yeah, it's four starters back from a Final Four team, replacing Brady Manick. I was about to say replacing only Brady Manick, but that is a, a huge ask, replacing <laughs> his, his production and his value to the team. Uh, it looks like the one of the leading candidates to replace that role is going to be Pete Nance transfers in. How do you think he fits in to this team? And what do you kind of see his role being?
2: Uh, and I'm I'm interested to see what they do because watching just watching him in pickup, um, I know Coach Davis leans more to a, a pro style of play when it comes to like ball screens and the actions that they use. And he showed a lot of that in terms of, you know, just getting the ball moving. And whether he's at the top of the key and you know doing some kind of dribble handoff or just being the ball screen guy, uh, I'm interested to see how Coach Davis uses him because he can stretch the floor. He's tall, he's long. Um, and I think I believe he shot 40% last year. So uh he's not necessarily, you know, the the shooter that Brady was, but you can definitely use him in more ways to where you can get creative when you use him to where he can be a dangerous aspect to the offense. And, you know, he's lengthy back there. They've got another rim protector.
1: Justin, you think that's the biggest question mark for this team going into the season, how Pete Nance kind of fits in?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of them. Um, Obviously losing, you know, losing Brady, you look at it, it's, it's almost like losing like a Marcus or a Bryce for our team, right? Like how are you going to supplement basically what you got from Brady and I think Pete is obviously I think he's kind of that that number one option when it comes to who are we going to use um and I think he's seeing him in the summer I think he's going to be able to fill it pretty well um but I think you you have to still get some sort of productivity from somebody else off the bench right so whether it's like like Kenny said whether it's Puff whether it's DeMarco whether it's Dontrez, whether it's Seth, whether it's, you know, whoever it is, there's got to be some, you know, somebody else to, to be able to produce something. I think, honestly, you know, being back there this summer, I think the biggest hurdle for any team that's had, you know, some success but hasn't, you know, fully gotten there, it was the same for us, is kind of getting comfortable, I guess I would say, um, and kind of settling Um, you know, we very easily, whenever we came back, we very easily could have said, okay, well, we basically, you know, we have a ton of guys coming back. We got some guys coming in that can help us. Like we'll be able to make it back, you know what I mean? And and not really work as hard as we did. I think the biggest hurdle that's going to be for them is consistently putting in the effort and the time to get better as the season goes on, you know? And if each individual can do that, I think filling that, you know, void that Brady left. I think will be easier. Um, So hopefully that's kind of my encouragement to them is just to don't stop and don't settle at where you're at now. Like just keep on getting better, keep on, you know, keep on making each other better in practice and workouts, whatever it is um, so that they can get back there and have more success. Yep. Last question I have, and we could all
1: chime in with our own opinions because I think it is such a, a wide ranging debatable topic. Kenny, who is the most important player this season for Carolina? If I tell you Blank has a first-team All-American type season and UNC wins it all, who would it be?
2: Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I feel like everybody's going to have the same three guys in mind. I don't want to say all three, but it's hard to pick one. Yeah. Um, if, if I'm going to put the – if I'm going to fill the blank that you said, if somebody – if Blank has a first-team All-American season, I'm going to say Caleb because when Caleb's going, I think the team is operating at a different level when he's making shots, when he's, you know, being the playmaker that he can be. I think that the team just – there's just – on another level when he's doing all of that, Um, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get from Armando. You're going to get, you know, like Marcus said, 15 and 12 from Armando. Like put that in the book. That's just what he does. But I think, you know, when Caleb is getting everybody involved, making shots, um, you know, playing at his highest, I think that's when they're at their best. Uh, So I'll say Caleb, I'll fill the blank with Caleb.
1: Justin, what about you? Who, who's the most important player in the season for Carolina?
0: That is a tough one because I think I think Caleb is 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 very. Um, if he's having an All American season, that means he's been consistent throughout the entire year. So I think that is which is a is scary is, thought. That's that's yeah. I, I think that's kind of that's like the biggest. If if he were to be that all year, that is. That's probably for me would be the number one. But since he, since Kenny got first option, uh, (laughs) I think for me, bro, I still got to stick with Mondo, even though it's kind of the boring, like the boring choice. Like the way that he dominates inside, it just creates so much more. Like in my opinion, if Mondo didn't dominate the way that he did inside, Brady wouldn't get as many looks from the outside. And RJ and Caleb wouldn't get as many open looks. But because he dominates so much inside, you saw it, you know, even when they were struggling and the offense wasn't doing very well, they would send two guys at Mondo every single time, you know? So it just creates some sort of advantage somewhere else. So I have to go with Mondo. And when I say Mondo, I'm saying, he maybe takes like even one more step and he averages 18 and 13. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's literally each and every game, like they have to send two guys at him or else he's going to get whatever he wants. So I think I'm going to go with Mondo um, as kind of that X, I'll say X factor, but as, as the all American I would go with. Yeah. Playing devil's
1: ad kit. The third person Kenny is talking about, I'm assuming it's RJ Davis. Um, if you look at RJ's numbers, his first two years at Carolina, it's like scarily comparable to to Marcus's first two years at Carolina, um, and I'm pretty sure Rail pointed that out. And and the numbers, like you 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 don't really think about it like that in that sense because Marcus just like took over his sophomore year, uh, but RJ's kind of had that effect on Carolina, and he was kind of the player that once Coach Davis started running the offense through him, and it wasn't that. AAU-type feel, your turn, my turn, that's when the offense really went into another gear. Uh, so that would be the argument for R.J. Davis, kind of like how Justin made the argument for Armando Bacot. But I think we're all on the the same side that it would be Caleb Love, where, listen, if Caleb Love has an All-American-type season, book the tickets to the finals, yeah. <laughs> pre, pre-make the banner, Playing yeah. the parade around Chapel Hill. <laughs> because it's like that the, – the game I think about it the most is like that UCLA game where it's like – like you mentioned, Kenny, when Caleb is on, that team is operating at a whole nother level. He's already the most confident basketball player I've ever seen play on a court. <laughs> but when, when the shots are falling, it, it goes to – you know, he ramps it up another 10 notches. Uh, so I think Caleb would be that answer for, you know, this player's success most correlates to the team having a great deal of success. But I think you can go with um, RJ, Caleb, or Armando. Uh, but that's all we have this week on up in the Raptors. Kenny, Justin, appreciate the time. Kenny, I think, I think you might have to become a recurring guest maybe like a, a hey, once a month. thing.
2: Look, I got time, just let me know. <laughs> this might
1: this might need to get thrown into the routine. All right. All right. But appreciate you guys getting on here, appreciate everybody watching and listening and we will be back next week to talk more Carolina basketball.
0: CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings and it just keeps growing.